Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Amy Saloner. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. This is part of a self-care series called Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out. Amy is a licensed clinical social worker and functional nutritional therapist. She has worked with children and families for more than 25 years as a therapist, educator, event producer, ceremony facilitator, and community builder. She lives in an intentional community in North County, San Diego with her husband, two children, dog, and 10 of her closest friends. Amy, welcome to the podcast, and I am so excited that you're here. Thank you, Cindy. It's such a pleasure to be here. Can I ask you, what is an intentional community? When I was reading that, it caught my eye, and I'm like, that sounds like something I need to live in, an intentional community. (laughs) Right, yes. um, Well, this intentional community that I live in, uh, five couples came together and bought a piece of property together and a nine acre piece of land. And we raise our families and have gardens and host events and, and just really support and love each other. Um, we have, it's our, it's our neighborhood really. And we just intentionally make decisions together. So we all, um, we actually just had two families move up to Oregon to start another community. So we're, um, now there's three families living here, but we're all really family together. And it's such a beautiful and challenging, but wonderful way to raise a family and to actually grow as a human as well. You know, you see those like memes on Facebook, you know, I'm going to buy land with my friends and you actually went out and did it. That's cool. We did. We We were those people. (laughs) (laughs) That is really cool. So I love to start off the podcast with the same question. And that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Wow, that is such a beautiful question because um, both personally and professionally, uh, it's a very meaningful discussion point because um, to me, the seasons of life are those steps we take from childhood all the way through adulthood um, that take us through various growth points. And a lot of work that I do, that I've done in my own personal life, and now that I do professionally with uh, families, is really support various rites of passage that we go through. And uh, the ones, you know, that I work on specifically are uh, through childhood and adolescence, those transitions in adolescence, like graduation or, you know, the transitions towards independence. But I see these moments in time where it's like building a house. There's building blocks that we each 
that each moment in time is a piece of this foundation. And especially in the young years, this foundation of our house. And if we don't recognize them or understand them or give them the space or support them, especially when they may be challenging, um, then we're missing some pieces in the foundation. And later on in life, when we're in relationships, uh, when we're in our career, when we have families, if those, if we haven't really recognized or honored or sort of given the right tools, um, that house might might lean or fall over. And so I find the focus on these various moments in time to be really profound and important. Amy, thank you. I love that visual of, you know, building blocks, because as we're going through these different seasons, you know, whether they're building blocks or chapters in a page yes. or, in, you know, chapters in a book, rather, that someone else had to refer to them or milestones, they are just all so beautiful. And I love the imagery that each one brings. Thank you so much. Yeah. So you have a course on parents and being resilient mm-hmm. and self-care. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to talk about that because when I when I think of being resilient and, and self-care, I haven't heard of a lot of people that do it in with parents. So I think that's, you know, that's something that's really needed because, you know, when we have those children, they're they're with us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they're with they're with us. And parenthood is, I mean, that's a rite of passage in and of itself. Um, it's a major journey. It's a major opportunity for growth. But, you know, I found myself this last year during the pandemic. Um, it was actually a year ago, fall. Um, you know, we were in lockdown and we were, you know, everybody was, was scared and and people were worried about getting sick and also just the emotional stress of, you know, doing this thing, of being, you know, of, of living through the pandemic. And I started to do a little bit of research and I really, the one theme that kept coming back for me was this idea that whether it's our bodies or our minds or our relationships or even our connection to God or spirit, whatever you know, is your, is your focus that we are, we have resilience within us. We are naturally resilient. We have this capacity to stretch and to come back or even to stretch and build more muscles that make us stronger. And I really wanted to support families in capacity to be resilient and strong. And so I did a lot of research and I put together uh, this course that allowed for people to explore how to be strong in their bodies, how to be strong in, you know, their mindset, uh, how to fortify their relationships through this challenging time, and to know that when they are fortified in their spiritual practice, that that faith can help them through these challenging times and through it knowing you know what to what to put in what to what to put out that we have the capacity to move through this um, in a good way 
So that course was a six week uh, exploration with a great group of, of parents. And we, from it, I actually uh, started our resilient community, or I'm in the process of starting our resilient community because I took that course and made it a standalone evergreen course on my website. So anybody can take it now. But what I realized was that it was just the tip of the iceberg. It was just such basic information and there's even new information now and there's just so much more and it's such a rich topic um, that I'm inviting people once a month to get on a call and talk about topics and following me on social media I, I share various themes throughout every month and we just keep talking about and creating community because uh, it's one of the things I'm really passionate about is just making sure people have support to continue to grow that capacity for resilience. And I think um, being resilient is so important. And especially being a parent, as we were talking about, and as we were in, you know, lockdown, with having our children's at home 24 seven, exactly. (laughs) So I'm glad that you had a great response to that. And it's now a standalone course. And you're actually building that resilient community. Yeah. I, th- I just think that's really great creative work, actually. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I encourage people to take the course and then join the community as a part of, you know, just to keep keep in the conversation because it's it's the conversation, really. How important is self-awareness in being resilient? It's actually very important. So you can, you, you have to understand how, um, what's happening for yourself and the choices that you're making and the ways that you're showing up in order to, you know, recognize whether what you're doing is working or not, right? So we can, if we keep doing the same things over and over again, and it's not working, but it's what we know, or, you know, I do talk a fair amount about um, trauma in the resilience course because trauma underlying anything is what pushes us into behaviors or connections or relationships that may not be serving us, not because there's something wrong with us, but because it worked at one time and now it doesn't. And so this ability to go in, to seek reflection, to evaluate our own choices, to know, you know, are these the right foods that I should be eating right now for where I'm at to support myself? You know, are these, is this the way I want to communicate? Um, That ability to reflect, and it's hard, you know, for so many people, we have defenses and we have, we've learned ways of coping that sometimes can um, disrupt our connections. And that's, Again, it's not because there's something wrong with us. It's because it's our coping. But being in a self-reflective process, continually looking at ourselves gently and lovingly allows us to see what works and doesn't work and make different choices. Amy, when you're talking about self-reflection, do you recommend to your clients to journal? I'm just curious. I do actually. Um, journaling is one is one part. I pair journaling with meditation or just 
quiet, self-reflective time. Um, I encourage also, I mean, that's part of the reason why I developed this support group too, is because, um, or this support community is because sometimes we need to see something in somebody else to be able to see something in ourselves and also to have gentle and loving reflections from another person um, that allows us maybe to see something the way that other people see. So it's both, I would say, an internal process, um, a quiet process, as well as a connected process because we are social beings. And that self-reflection is really sometimes based on mirrors from another. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I've been talking about journaling a lot. And, and that's why I was wanting to get your your take on that, because yeah. everybody that I've talked to, that they find that such a beneficial piece yeah. to self-reflection and, and even seeing, like you were talking about the mirrors, you know, sometimes if we journal out what we're mm-hmm. seeing in somebody else, that's yes. when it comes to us. Oh my Absolutely. gosh, that's me. I know, that's me. That's <laughs> why I'm so, you know, that's why I'm so upset by this, right? And I think that there's there's so many different ways to journal. And for those who are, you know, um, hesitant, you know, there are guided journals. I, when I was, you know, much younger, the guided journals helped me so tremendously because it gave me prompts. It gave me things to, um, to, to start to think about that, you know, I didn't, but then I work with a spiritual teacher where getting into a state where you're just allowing the thoughts and the open journaling to happen, you know, is your channel from God, you know, it's your channel from, and not just God, but your higher self, you know, like what is moving through me? Let it just flow. And these are, there are so many different ways to journal. Um, I have a wonderful friend, um, Betsy, who has the Power Affirmation Journal. And that is just such a beautiful um, and helpful way to to get those ideas moving and flowing and and focus on your own empowerment. Yeah, I, I do believe that if people are, if they're interested in journaling, if they just Google journaling, they'll be yeah. able to get all the different ways. And really, so there's no ways. right way or wrong no. way. Yeah, there are just, it's, just there's so many ways. Can we talk a little bit about boundaries? Sure. And I'm and I'm wanting to talk about that and and how do we build confidence in ourselves as we set boundaries? Because mm-hmm. sometimes setting boundaries can be a little scary for people who have not done that before. For sure. Yeah, I actually call boundaries, you know, one of our most important self-care tools. You know, I think for some, we think about boundaries as like keeping things out, and that can be the case. But sometimes, you know, I, the visual that I use for myself as a boundary is this sort of iridescent bubble that is, you know, it, and it might change in terms of the distance from, from myself, but it's that safe space that I understand within it is what's important to me, what I need, you know, and as um, it took me a long time, it took me, you know, maybe up until a few years ago to really deeply understand what was important to me, you know, as a woman, um, you know, as a mom, it's really easy in our culture, we're conditioned as women in particular, 
to consider the needs of others first, to um, to care, to uh, to focus on things outside of ourselves. And it really is boundaries are is that thing um, that allows us to. Um, it's almost like breathing to me, right? It's what what do I feel comfortable with reaching out and what do I feel comfortable coming in and learning? And it, it does take, some, for many women, a lot of time and self-reflection to really understand and to begin to ask for what's important and for what you need. And that boundary allows the spaciousness for us to be who we are and um, and to allow in too, because sometimes boundaries can keep people away if they're too if they're too firm, and that's self protective in in almost every case um, because that's what we've learned how to do to to protect ourselves. But we sometimes do need to learn to allow in support, allow in love, allow in nurturing from other people. And sometimes they don't know what that is until we're clear about when and how and what is important for us to feel supported and, and loved. Amy, I'm really glad that you touched on that because a lot of times you're right. We think of a boundary as we're setting this boundary and it is to be protective, but sometimes we need to let, we need to be able to receive, yeah. receive that help, receive that love, but yeah. also in receiving, you know, we, we need to set boundaries within ourselves to be able to, let me think what I'm trying to say here, to hold ourselves accountable for whatever boundary we've set. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, when we, when we do set a boundary, especially when we set it lovingly and kindly, you know, like this is important to me and this is my space and this is what I need. Um, sometimes we do have to be firm. But when we set that, we're letting people know that this space, this energy, this, it's, it's very much an energetic thing, that this being that extends out beyond this body, right? That this space is important. And that as a woman is one of the most empowering things is to be able to say, I am important. And because I'm important, this is um, a boundary that needs to be honored. And it doesn't mean that you can't come in or do the thing that you wanna do. Sometimes it's just about asking permission. And that is very powerful. So boundaries really are a form of self-love and self-respect. Absolutely. So when we're staying around boundaries for just a moment, and you've, you have touched on this, but what do we have to do to be accountable for our actions around setting boundaries? Yeah. So, well, that is... In the Resilient Family course that I teach, I talk very specifically um, about um, our responsibility, okay? And I learned this from a therapist, Dr. Jonathan. He was um, just this beautiful nugget that I learned from him about, I, I think of it as a cross, 
okay, or an X actually, it's not really a cross, but an X, okay, because they're equal, that you have vertical responsibility, which is your connection to yourself, your responsibility to yourself and to God. Okay, so that's that connection up and down. And then you have in the plus sign, the responsibility across the, the horizontal responsibility to the people around you, to your connections, to your family, to your um, community, to your um, coworkers, whoever that is. But you need both and they need to be attended to equally. And when we take responsibility first for ourselves, that is that self-reflective, self-awareness piece that we are dropping in, we're listening, we're um, doing the work to understand who we are and what's important to us. And then we take responsibility for those relationships around us. A, to be accountable for our choices, to take responsibility for the things that we say yes and no to, to, to hold our boundaries with what's okay and not okay with, with those that we are with. So it's always, they're both active at all times, you know, it's not, and, and sometimes one is stronger than the other and, and it's a constant dance, but we have to take responsibilities in both ways. Um, Dr. Daniel Siegel talks about this concept of the we, the, the me and the we, that it can't just be all about me and it can't just be all about you. Um, and this is something that he teaches adolescents, which is so important that we have to find a way to recognize and honor and um, respond to both at the same time. And that's sometimes a hard concept, but that is that compassion, that ability to be um, to be responsible, but also um, understanding of where another person is coming from. Amy, I love that. And as you were talking, I just had this moment of that's not anything that's taught in school. Not typically. I mean, there are definitely schools that um, it's not a direct communication necessarily. There are some, but I think in the general, um, and <laughs> this is part of the work that I do, I focus a lot with families and adolescents around life skills in general actually teaching a course next month um, for graduating seniors and their families around this transition and this idea that there are life skills that are not outwardly taught in many, many schools. You know, how to care for yourself, how to develop healthy connections and relationships, how to hold boundaries, um, how to take care of oneself. You know, these are things that are you know, might be considered soft skills, but their these life skills are foundational to our ability to function as adults. These are the big bricks in that foundational house um, that sometimes parents might teach without knowing, but sometimes they might miss some pieces um, because of just where they are in life and not, and thinking that, you know, my kid's amazing and they've have friends and they, um, they're doing well in school, but there are some subtle life skills that are so very valuable and important to really specifically talk about. The class that you're going to be teaching to seniors, is that online or is that going to be in person? It will be online. So um, I 
I don't have it posted on my website yet, but um, I'm, it is through my social media. You can find it. It's called Beyond Graduation, and it's a two-part workshop. Um, the first one is really with the parents and the teens together to focus on, again, this rite of passage of graduation, that it's more than just walking across the stage and getting a diploma, that there is a great transition and shift in, in roles and responsibilities between the parents and the children, and to really honor that this massive shift that's about to happen, that this person is going to go off and be independent for the first time probably in their life, and what that means in their relationship and individually for each other. So that's the first part of the workshop. And then the second day, I spent just with the teens um, talking about life skills and talking about these important things that we need to consider before we leave the nest, um, that when we have a little bit of awareness before, maybe we'll have some tools in our tool belt to respond to new and challenging situations that you may not have anticipated. Amy, I love that because a lot of times you're absolutely right. When they're going off to college, that's the first time that they're really stepping out of the the household, so to speak. And Sometimes when they go away and they're away from home a long ways and they're not able to come back and forth, you know, if they've got or if they've been taught those skills, like what the workshop that you're talking about, I really help. I think that helps them um, think about maybe who they're going to date. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was listening to one of your podcasts and, uh, you know, one of the guests was talking about her relationship, you know, one of her new relationships as she went off to college. And I was thinking that's exactly right. We, we're not even sure at that age, you know, like who we are and what's important. And we're at an adolescence, like seeking new experiences and figuring out who we are. And we're going to make choices that aren't the best, you know, and it's okay to make those choices, but how quickly do we recognize that it's right or wrong for us and move through it and beyond it, you know, or do we stay? because we're not sure, you know? And so to have some awareness that these things are possible and that it's something to be aware of and to know what to do. You may not have the answer, but to know who to turn to and how to respond to that situation, you know, to figure it out. If you'll send me the information on that workshop, I will, I will put it in the show notes because that is that, that's perfect, especially yeah. right now with, with kids getting ready to go to college. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really excited to share this course. What are some of the shifts a woman needs to make in her thinking for her to see herself as that woman that can set boundaries? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's all the things we've talked about so far is, you know, we have to begin to really see who we are first. Who am I? What's important to me? That self-reflective process, whether using journaling or um, working with a coach or a therapist to have somebody to help self-reflect, you know, having a friend group who's really supportive. Um, but it's, it's one, really beginning to, to do the internal work, um, and two, having the support around you to be able to step into and embody 
that new, that new way of being, right? We can conceptualize ideas and in traditional therapy, and I'm a therapist, I've been trained as a therapist, but in traditional therapy, we may talk about these things, but really what I've learned over the years is that practices that are embodied practices, which means we are living into or practicing physically what it is, you know, we have to embody the things that we want to be like, you know, fake it till you make it sometimes, right? We have to, we have to try, we have to continually and, and trust that even if it doesn't work initially, then we have to role play, practice, try things on, does this feel good? Does this not? Um, and doing the kinds of things that allow the things that are stuck to move out of us and the new practices to think in to who we are. So it's both an internal um, and a practical process of practicing. And when we embody in who we are, there are lots of ways for someone to embody that. It could be dance, yeah. right? Yes. Oh, movement. it could yes. be. I'm a dancer. Um, movement, okay. movement is absolutely a way to um, both release and to try on, right? So there's all kinds. Of, I know a lot of people who've transformed, you know, their life through whether it's ecstatic dance or just you know, getting on the dance floor, whatever it is to, um, what is our ex lived experiences live in ourselves. So until we shake it up and move things out and try them on, you know, it's, it, it's only in your head. And that's not where all of these things live. We are, we are embodied human beings. You know, Amy, I, I had just said to someone the other day that, you know, it's one thing to know something intellectually mm -hmm. and it's something else to totally feel exactly. it in your heart and in your body. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, it, and, and I see it in, in those who tend towards sort of anxiety and worry, you know, getting stuck and sort of spinning in these ideas of what things are and the stories that we tell ourselves of what something is or isn't. But when we can let go of the stories and we can be fully present to what is right now in ourselves and with another human, that's where we see real shift. Mm, I love it. Love it so much. Okay, the time is flying yes. by. It's like I get to talking and then the next thing I know, 30 minutes <laughs> has gone by in a flash. <laughs> But what would you tell your 18-year-old self about the season of life you're in right now? Oh, that was such a good question. Um, you know, I would tell my 18-year-old self, don't be in such a hurry to grow up. You know, like really enjoy this time of freedom and um, youthfulness and your elders the people who are, you know, your, your parents, your aunties, your grandparents, especially, listen to their stories. Ask them about their life. Ask them about 
who they are and what's important to them because they have such that they have life experience and they have perspective that is so important to balance that you know fire that it that an adolescent has right and that's so it's so necessary we need that we need that fire and that curiosity and use that to also bridge and know that you don't have to be there now you don't have to be where your elders are now but you at least have some light on the path to know a sometimes what you want to do and sometimes what you don't want to do right that it doesn't yes. mean you have to follow in anybody's footsteps but you can use the light of their life to shine away and to see which way you want to go so i would yeah i would definitely encourage that i would encourage myself to spend more time you know with my grandparents and my um family members and and just seeking out older the teachers of the world to just learn and understand Amy, that is just so beautiful. And I think sometimes we, I'm, I'm going to use an 18 year old since that's what we're talking yeah. about, can look at an older person and see them as an older person, but not as a person that has lived yeah. a lifetime of those, those ups, those downs, those messy bits. And they have that resilience. Exactly. To still be exactly, here. Exactly. <laughs> like if you want to be a resilient person, you need to watch and see how other people are stretching and coming back and to see, you know, how that works. Amy, I've, I've loved this conversation so much. Can you tell our listeners how to find you, your website, your social media, how they can work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is my name. It's amysaloner.com. Very easy. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Amy Saloner Professional. That's my professional pages. Um, I'm most um, often on, on Instagram. And uh, through there, um, you can also link to all of the courses and the calls. My, my resilient community call is next Wednesday um, at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So anybody, it's free. You know, anybody who's curious can can join. Um, it's always the end of the month. Um, I'm not sure actually when this uh, podcast is going to air, but um, uh, yeah, you can. My social media is probably the easiest way to reach me and my website. Thank you so much for being here. I, I appreciate it so much. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. I've enjoyed it so much too. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.